Get those bananas out of your ears. It's Nintendo Main Star Tropic Podcast. Caution, do not taste, eat, or otherwise consume this podcast. Welcome to Nintendo Main, episode 27. We are your hosts, Trey Johnson and... Hey, how's it going? It's me, Jeremy Mikowski. What's up, man? Uh, you know, same old, same old. Uh, I've been playing some Star Tropics. Oh yeah, that's our that's our topic of the week. Have Wait, you... Really? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Have you played Have you played anything else other than that that we could talk about first? You know what? I really haven't. I've mostly been playing that. Oh sure. I uh, I got um I bought the Pocket Jockey for seven dollars since it was cheap, and I and I played that. And I tell you, that game's incredibly addicting. Like once you get into it. So you think it's worth seven bucks? Yeah, it's totally worth seven bucks. I mean, I can't do I can't do shit like in the in the mature area of uh there's a bunch of modes there's one there's a mode called growth mode where you get your horse at whatever whatever age and you go through like the their child years and once they get to mature mode if you lose like three if you if you lose like three races you lose your horse your horse basically goes to a farm to like start you know to basically be there for to breed another horse for you and i haven't like i've had these horses that are like really really good for the growth mode and then once i get to the adult mode they just get their ass, asses kicked constantly so I have yet to win a, win a race in that. So it's kind of like perp death, but they at least go to breeding country. Yeah, they go to a farm, and you can visit them on the farm. And if you find like, you know, you can you can partner them up with another horse, and then they'll have a they'll have a baby horse that has their same. They will keep their skills and all that. So you can kind of like. It's like breeding Pokemon, sort of, you know, except in horse form. It sounds kind of like, you know, when the family dog died, they're like, well, you know, he went to the farm with the other dogs. So oh yeah, play with the dogs. Send him out to the farm. Yeah, you're not actually shooting him or anything like that, like you would in like a normal horse race, right? <laughs> if they break their leg, you just you just shoot him in the head. Oh no. Yeah, it's cool. And there's like different characters that sponsor different horses. Like I ran into some like uh, J-pop singer that wants me to sponsor her horse. That's called like Catnip or something or other, and it has like a cat stuck to the back of the horse. So there's plenty of like zany different horses that you find. And I and I had like a fire Pokemon. Or a, Pokemon, a fire horse that I called Charizard that I had before that. So there's cool looking different ones, and it's totally worth it for seven bucks. I, I mean, it's it's cheap, and you'll get a lot of play out of it. I've just been playing it a lot. Do you feel like there's certain parts where it's all kind of random, and you have to play through it a few times to beat beat the section? I don't. I don't think it's necessarily random. Well, I mean, there's the the cards. But I feel like you can get through most of them if you don't, if you're good enough, if you look at the different options, you can beat pretty much all of the solitaire parts. But it's yeah, it's 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 pretty it's mostly strategy, and I don't think there's anything that'll really like fuck you over that's like super random on there. But it I mean, also it, lets you save whenever you want. Yeah, you save it like auto saves like in between races, and you can save whenever you want. But you can't, you actually can't like you can't exit or you can't like close the DS while you're racing. It'll you automatically lose, which I thought was interesting. Like you can't pause during a race; you have to actually finish it. So that's yeah, pretty crazy. So. But yeah, it's fun. It's I, I, I totally recommend it. I've also seven bucks. Yeah, seven bucks. It's it's worth it. I mean, I just I was playing the demo for a little bit, and I was like, I'm just gonna get the other version. And you can transfer all your stuff to the regular version from the demo, also. Like any horses that you raced on that, you can bring over to the regular version. So so that's cool. Did you download the uh, Donkey Kong game for your uh, new 3ds? What Donkey Kong game? <laughs> 
Is there a Donkey Kong game that I didn't know about? Donkey Kong Country 3 for a new 3DS, I thought. Oh, is there? I haven't really been paying attention to the Super Nintendo games because I already have them on the Wii U, and I don't want to pay full price for them again. But but our favorite uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 is on there now? That's what I saw. Oh. Well, you you can get that one again. (laughs) Well, I don't have a new 3DS, Oh, yeah, you don't. But in addition to uh, Metroid Prime Hunters. Yeah, Metroid Prime Hunters is on uh, Wii U. I saw that. I was going to mention that on our news section. Did you get did you get that again? I did. You did? I did not. Oh, you did not. I was gonna say you did. It kind of sucks that the that the whole like online isn't isn't available on that because I thought that was like probably the most interesting part about that game and the most impressive part was like the online and that it was some had somewhat of a voice chat thing in lobbies. Yeah, I do remember talking to you on the DS and it was pretty like it was pretty lag free like we were having a conversation. Yeah, we talked on that. I remember using that when it came out and that was like that seems so archaic then but now like a couple generations later, <laughs> you know, we still don't really have anything more than that. Even though there were like some, you know, there were some uh, Pokemon DS games where you could f- do full chat while you're while you're fighting online and they kind of if i remember correctly with that one it was just between matches you could talk to each other yeah on metroid prime hunters you could but there was a but there was a pokemon uh, one of the pokemon ds ones you could actually fight you could actually talk while you're fighting they even made like a little headset for it for the for the regular ds which is pretty it didn't have to be its own channel yeah but they uh but yeah they got they got rid of it so see how far we've come there's nothing really I watched, uh, speaking of stuff that has voice chat, uh, I watched some videos of the, of the Mario Minecraft stuff, and it looks really cool. I, did, I watched some stuff on IGN, just going through, like, some of the built levels that they have. And there's, like, there's, like, uh, ghost houses, and there's, like, the nether, there's, like, a nether area. They went there, and, like, Bowser's Castle's there, and there's, like, big statues of him, and, like, a bunch of bullet bills and all that, that are all made. Like sprite art, it looks really cool. Have you thought about purchasing that game? I've thought about it, but I haven't thought hard enough to actually get it. But I don't know. It looks really cool. Like the Mario stuff looks really cool. There's a lot of like skins for Steve too for the for the Marvel for the Mario one. There's like this. There's got to be like at least like twenty of them because there's like multiple versions of Mario and Peach and Wario and like Petey Piranhas in there. There's like all these like weird random ones in there too. Are they just skins over bad guys and stuff? There's skins over bad guys too, but there's also like there's a bunch of skins that you can wear as as Steve. Oh, so but you yeah, can be Petey Piranha. Yeah, you can you can be Petey Piranha if you want to walk around in that red uh, in that red like uh, bikini the bikini bottom. You can it looks looks pretty funny, but you can wear suits too, so you can be like you can be like Petey Piranha dressed up like frog suit Petey Piranha or whatever. So you can do that. You can do weird shit oh, like that. Oh. You could be like a Koopa dressed as a frog or whatever. And and yeah, they changed the they changed the uh, guys also. Like I think I think the wolves are like Poochies now, and like the sheep is like uh, the sheep is the Koopas, and um, I forget what the zombies are, but they're oh, I think they're like uh, I think they're like dry bones or something like that. But yeah, they've changed they've changed that all the characters sense. on there, which is pretty awesome. And I yeah, think man, I mean you've never really gotten into Minecraft, so maybe now's your time. Yeah, I've never played it, so I don't know. It makes it it makes it more enticing for me to get into it now, but we'll see. I still got to get through. Uh, I just got um. I just got Dragon Quest three for Game Boy Color in the mail a couple days ago, and, oh. I'm, all, and I'm almost at the end of Dragon Quest two. I'm like at the very last part where you have to grind for a long time. Like How I much can't, was Dragon Quest three? You uh, don't mind me asking. Twenty bucks. It's not bad. Twenty bucks, no shipping. So or it might have been nineteen. It was around. It was around there. I guess it was pretty close. Might have been. Is it a GBC game or a Game Boy Advance? It's it's a Game Boy Color game. Like it's the actual. Okay. It's not the black cartridge. It's the see through cartridge. 
so it only plays on Game Boy Color. Whereas, like, well, you know, Dragon Quest One and Two were the the black cartridges. Yeah, I have that one. Did you end up getting uh, Deja Vu One and Two? And he talked about that from last last week. No, I uh, I did follow the search on eBay recently. One of the ones I was watching lowered its price. It looks like it's going to be about thirty bucks. Oh yeah, well, it's two games. It's like fifteen each, right? Sort of. It's <laughs> a good point. I, I found the rating for it. It's actually rated everyone uh, for everyone. So I guess nobody really cares that you that you uh, punch women and all that in there. I think and it's okay for, okay for kids. And there's dead bodies. Yeah. And you and actually that, have to search the dead body and like rate its pockets. Yeah. Unless they change that and you just search like a a car trunk with no one in there. That'd be that would kind of take away from it. it. Wouldn't be as cool. And I really want to play it now just to check. Well, that should entice you to order it then. Surely they haven't changed. I don't know. I haven't played it. We'd have, we'd have to find out. We do a follow up, follow up to the uh, Deja Vu episode or the Obscure NES episode. Well, there was uh, there was some news that happened this week, somewhat aside from uh, the Nintendo shoes coming out a couple days ago. I think those Vans. I think those are yeah. Out I by signed now. up on a mailing list, and uh, they were supposed to let me know when I could order them online. So maybe they're only available in stores right now. As far as I know, I can't buy them online. I saw stuff on Facebook about people like lining up outside of the store outside oh, of the van outside of the van store for the for the for the release but i'm sure you can still get them unless they're gonna unless they're gonna make them like they made their amiibos and only release like three of them and no one will have them like three per store but hopefully yeah hopefully the vans makes more of them if i could wear those shoes i'd get some but my feet are too fucked up to wear the shoes without you know that don't have arch support yeah i would probably just wear them occasionally Mostly, they would just be in my case of video yeah, well, games. Just add it to the just add it to the pile of memorabilia. Yep, I'm sure you saw. There's uh, some legendary Pokemon that got announced like yesterday or the day before, or no, it was Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. I went to go see I went to go see X Men, and I was looking at the the Pokemon on my phone before before we saw the movie. So uh, the the bat is called Luna La, which is an interesting name, I guess. It's a psychic ghost type, which is like which is like my two favorite types. So that's cool. It's nice to so see. So it's probably psychic, in, uh, uh, Pokemon Moon, right? Yeah, this is Pokemon Moon's Luna La, and Pokemon Sun is Solgaleo. I guess that's how Sol you pronounce it. Sol being Sun, yeah. Yeah, Solgaleo or Solgaleo. I say it's Solgaleo like Galileo, but it's probably Solgaleo. Like the lion, Sun Galileo. But uh, he has a he has the Sun Steel Sun Steel Strike is his move, and Lunala's Moon is a Moongeist. So they're probably each other's worst enemy. I guess. Well, when I Lunala being a psychic ghost type, it could like if you put two of them against each other, they could like hurt each other because I believe ghost is powerful against psychic and vice versa so they could they could kill each other but uh yeah the 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 lion is a psychic steel which is weird like i expect it to be like a fire or something but it isn't but it's apparently it has like some sort of steel skin that helps it like not get hit as much but it's nice to know the names of them they look pretty cool they're gonna show uh apparently they're gonna show more of pokemon sun and moon during e3 so nintendo's not only gonna show zelda so that's good on the 11th at the top of the show they're gonna do uh they're gonna do pokemon sun and moon and then on the 15th, they're going to show Pokemon Go. They're also going to show Dragon Quest Seven, which is awesome, because, like, nobody said anything about that in a long time. So hopefully the, it'll get a release date. And also, like, you know, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Monster Hunter Generations, and Pokemon Go. So there's still, there's still some that they're going to show, and I'm sure there'll be more. There might be an announcement, too. Who knows? So I think it's more like, yeah, so they've got the show floor reserved for the playable demo of Zelda, but they yeah. also have announcements through their separate channels. Yeah, I think they're still going to do kind of a Nintendo Direct of sorts during that Treehouse event. They so, really should. I mean, so I wouldn't be people, surprised if they're going to be tuned in for the yeah. Zelda. Yeah, I'm sure they're still going to show some footage of those games and maybe give some more details. And maybe there there might be a little surprise in there too. Who knows? But uh, we're getting close, so. 
hopefully we will we will know soon like what Zelda what Zelda is and how cool it is. I saw some uh, I don't know I th- I saw some rumors about uh, some more some more NX hype whatever uh, I I saw I saw an article which I really hope isn't true but I saw one saying that they were looking into VR now too for NX. It's like it's like it made it sound like they actually have like absolutely no idea what they're actually doing. <laughs> they're just gonna be like let's just do whatever's popular and cool and just put it in here. It makes it sound like the system isn't done at all, which maybe it isn't. I don't know. It's almost like a year away. Well, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, I read what you read. And uh, there are rumors that they're going back to the drawing board to uh, incorporate VR functionality. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, and I and I'm not. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm not into that. <laughs> I think that would. I don't I, think. I, I don't think we. I don't think we need it. A, thing to add i guess it's more like are they going to use third-party vr devices or is there going to be a nintendo branded vr headset i don't know i mean that that seems like a i don't know that just doesn't seem like they need to do something they need to do right now unless they feel like they do i don't know it just it was something that i'm not really i don't really care about i don't really care about vr but well you don't i don't know they're trying other, to put other people do yeah exactly they're trying to like come out of the gate being like hey we're on the same generation yeah well that would and be what both xbox would... and sony are like getting their vr but that is kind of weird because they're doing it after. usually nintendo leads the charge yeah well I, I was under the impression that they didn't really think that vr was a thing but if they actually do then that would be interesting i guess i don't know it, it also kind of makes it look like they don't really know what they're doing or they don't really have a thing planned out i don't know and this isn't you know we're not saying any of this is fact it's just stuff that i've seen online i also saw another article just saying that third parties haven't really heard anything still about nx which isn't really isn't anything new you know but vr would be interesting i guess i don't know at this point it's just kind of like it makes it sound like they're just randomly grabbing at stuff and trying to see put everything in one to make it work i don't know man if it's supposed to be available in march of next year i think maybe they're just pursuing the uh the platform of like being on the same level as everyone else well that's what they should do i think they don't so want maybe to like, that's a good thing they don't want to have like an in-between thing like wii u was i feel like that was a lot, or, of, what, a lot of what hurt it even going back to even the game GameCube, like still being like uh, in between consoles. Yeah, but the GameCube wasn't underpowered compared to the PS2 and the Xbox 360, or not 360. The X, the, the original Xbox, not to be confused with the Xbox One because I can't call it that. But uh, I mean, but the GameCube wasn't it wasn't a part of a separate generation like the Wii and the Wii U were. You know, it was still it could still play uh, third party games. Yeah, but I don't it know. Just a, the online functionality. It did for some things. Well, you had to buy. Yeah, you had to buy like that modem, which I never really got, but always thought about getting. But yeah, a lot. Of, but a lot of them cut them cut the on my, online because of that. But that doesn't mean that the system wasn't capable of it. They just had a weird way of not doing it, of not having a modem and all that. But yeah, I like to think that this next system is going to be at least current gen technologies. It should be. You know, I, mean, it, I, it, I, I don't it, know. It, I don't it, understand like, how it couldn't be. You to be like, oh god, they're going to make it compatible with VR headsets. You know, that may be a good thing. Maybe that will introduce more developers sure. to develop games for it. I just don't. I just don't want them to go have to go back to the drawing board and like take longer for it and have it end up not being worth it. In, in the end i just like to see some actual you know some actual hard like news about it some actual evidence well, we'll they're see. guarding their laurels i think that something's gonna happen sure like maybe if that's not at e3 it's gonna be in like september totally well that's yeah that's the whole the rumor we talked about before about the possible tokyo game show but i mean for the, for the they have to they have to let us know soon because it's less than a year before it's available yeah they they should say something, and they should at least send out some some uh, dev kits to people because 
I don't know. They need some. They need some launch stuff. They need some actual games. Well, some actual third party stuff. I'm sure they'll have their own games. But we'll see. They will still still waiting. Still waiting on it. You know, maybe there'll be some sort of something at E3 since they're showing some stuff. But probably not. It'll probably be a se- yeah. separate Nintendo Direct. Yeah, I'm gonna analyze the shit out of that Zelda demo because. There's got to be some clue. Yeah, you and me both. I'm sure we'll both be analyzing the shit out of that demo. And There's everyone else. for NX. Yeah, I'm still hoping that uh, that our that John will be able to get on the show floor for us, so we can so we can talk to him about it. I Is he still working? Anything. on that? I, I mean, he said he's going to try to get on there. Well, there, there's some sort of E3 public event that he could go to that they're having for sure, so he could at least get a taste of it there. But maybe um, he could be one of the guys to play uh, Zelda. Well, that's in New York, though. He's not in New York. I get oh, that. Shit. Yeah, you have to you have to line up at the uh, in the Nintendo New York store to do that. So that's a whole that's a whole different thing. But we'll see. We're still still waiting. Still waiting on the E three on the E three train. It'll be like a couple couple shows, and then we'll be we'll be to E three. It's still like what less than like a week and a half about away. Yeah, man, it's so close. So, so yeah, did you hear that the director of Chrono Trigger, Takashi Tokita, said that he wanted them to, wanted to he was interested in making a high quality high end version of Chrono Trigger. Did you see that? Even he said, even possibly a movie version of it. So he was just kind of like backed up against the wall, and he's like, "I'll do these things." No, it sounded like it. Well, I, I don't know. They were interviewing about whatever, and he was saying like, "Oh, I'd like to do it again if I could. Like, I'd like to do a remake of it." Hopefully, he doesn't mean like a like a Final Fantasy VII type remake of it, like an actual remake. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of cool. I mean, they've never really done. I mean, as far aside from like re-releases, which they've re-released it a bunch of times, it would be cool to see like a new updated version of chrono trigger or something i'd like to i'd love to see like an hd version of it kind of like what they did for like final fantasy 4 or even like a you know like the pseudo like the pseudo 3d one with voiceover like something like that i never realized that a chrono trigger was basically it was like such a huge thing for squaresoft because that was when they first like met up with with nx that was the first time they started they made a game with the dragon quest guys so chrono trigger is basically a combination of final fantasy and dragon quest like they had the same artist do all the characters which i knew but i didn't you know realize that that was such a was such a major combining of of uh talent there and that's part probably why that game is so good is that they had like the main the main dragon quest guys and the main final fantasy guys working on it and now they're the same company but that was the first time they worked together was chrono trigger i just didn't i just didn't realize that i thought i think that's pretty cool yeah and chrono trigger does a great job of uh making every character important like each character has a story it does and that's what I didn't like about Chrono Cross because there was like it was like every five minutes you got like two new characters and like none of them were developed and like the the <clears throat> I liked the number of Chrono Trigger because the ones that were in there were important and you cared about them and they had backstories and all that. But yeah, I'd love to see them do a remake of it as long as it doesn't end up like Final Fantasy VII and make it into a different game. You know, but it'd be cool to see an HD version of it. I agree. Is there anything else I missed on the news, or do you want to take a quick break and go to the topic of the week? Let's take a break. All right. <laughs> Star Tropics, as we said earlier, in case you in case you're just tuning in now somehow. So Star Tropics, the the forgotten spiritual successor to Zelda, which I think is a better Zelda two than Zelda two was for for NES. Did you have that? Did did you experience that all as a child? Did you play? Did you a hold of Star Tropics? When was the first time you played it? I didn't play Star Tropics until I was in college. So oh okay. I didn't 
experience it in the first round. I ended up getting it. I think I got it as a birthday present one year. I don't remember what year, but it was it was fully featured in Nintendo Power, and I you know I I collected the Nintendo Power, so I remember it being a big deal, and I remember renting it and really liking it and getting getting the full box of it so i so i went through the experience of like dipping the letter that came with it in water and all that which is which i thought was really really cool when i was a kid you know i like got to that part and like you know dipped the like poured the sink in the kitchen over the over the letter and found the extra extra message in it and i thought that was really neat what however old i was when it came out i forgot to check the day that it was released i know the second one came out in 94 but i think the first one was 90 right did did you look almost positive it was 90 because I know they had a big, I know they had a big gap between the two of them. Zoda was a uh, pretty much like it was like the end of the NES life cycle, or beyond the end. Oh yeah, it was the it was the last it was the last Nintendo released game. The second one was. Yeah, this game is pretty fun. It's hard. I think it's a lot. I think it's difficult, but it's doable. I mean, I, I've played. I don't know. I've, pl- I've played harder games. Like I, I, I beat I beat Star Tropics one again last night on the on the v, the Nintendo the Wii U VC version of it but I beat it on Wii also when it when it came out on that and there's not save states on that so I'm not sure how I did it but cuz some of those guys are pretty annoying and the save states really help but save states help you to beat it a lot quicker I think cuz then you can go through you can basically play it the way I used to play PC games you know basically like kill a guy save you know make a jump save yeah. you know save before a jump try the jump you know go back to the save you know go again so you can do it like that to where you don't like really have to worry about getting a game over and starting back from the beginning and all that stuff. So it really helps. So this game came out on December 1st, 1990. Yeah, 1990. So I was 10 when it came out. So maybe maybe I got it for Christmas since it was a Christmas you know, holiday holiday game. But I, I knew, I, I mean, I hadn't played Zelda at all at that time. So Star Tropic was my first Zelda, I guess, because I never really played much of Zelda on NES when I was a kid. But I liked it. You know, I liked the way it. I like the way it worked. I like the weirdness of it, and I, I thought it looked really good for for an NES game when it came out. I thought it, I thought it looked nice. The uh, I guess the jumping controls you could say are a little problematic, but you get you get used to it. I think. I mean, what do you think? Well, I think they're uh, crucial to the puzzle parts of it. So the like, the quirkiness of the jumping is part of the puzzle element. Yeah, it's all it's all grid based. So it's basically one thing that I think the first one is a lot better than the second one because the second one they kind of changed the jumping a little bit to where like you can move while you're in the air. So it's not like that designated where you jump from one thing to another and you know you're going to land. Like it doesn't work like that. It's possible for you to miss, which I thought kind of took away from the game because I like that. I like that in the in the original one. You know where you jump between. Between two blocks, you don't have to worry about whether you're going to hit the other block or not, you know, because you're not moving yourself in the air. But on that one, you can actually mess up and jump in the water. In the second one, in the second one towards the end, you go back to Sea Island again. Like you basically play through the first level of the first game at the very end of the game. And there's a part in that where you had to jump from like tile to tile to find the footprint, you know, and, and find the uh, switch. And I went to that area and I tried to play it like the first one and I died and I went right in the water and died. <laughs> on the second one, just because it controls so much different, which, which sucks. But yeah, yeah I, really, I, really, I really only played the the first one. The grid based system is definitely like integral to the story and how it sure. works. You said you said you had bought the second one on VC though, right? For a Wii when it came out, so it was a wrench. Yeah. But you didn't play much of it. I just played a little bit of the first part. I I just remember being excited. I could buy that because it was oh, like sure. you said the last NES release or the last Nintendo release on the NES. Yeah, Star Tropics Two was the was the last the last game that Nintendo released for the system. There were some third party ones after that, but yeah, that was the very last release. It came out in '94, the same year as, as Super Metroid. So like, and I mean, Donkey you know, Kong Country. Yeah, I mean, you know what I was playing at the time. <laughs> Not, I remember it coming out and and being like, 
Oh, people still and care Final about Star Tropics. Six. There was just you know people had like gone far far past NES by then. But I remember it coming out, and I remember seeing them in bargain bins at uh, Toys R Us. I should have picked one up. I never actually had a never actually had a cartridge version of it. But I still have my Star Tropics version or cartridge from the one I had when I was a kid. But I don't have the letter anymore. I don't think. I don't know what happened to that. I don't think I have the box either. Probably it, probably, it. It, it probably disintegrated. Yeah, or, or I or I ate it. I mean, do you remember like tasting it? No, I don't think I tasted it. I don't think I'd taste a, a letter from a game cartridge. It probably smelled weird. One thing I thought was really cool about that game is I felt like it was like one of, it was an early autosave game. I hadn't really experienced anything of that at the time for the NES. Yeah, Star Tropics was the first game that I remember having uh, autosave on it. Like it saved before, it saved before you entered into a dungeon and it saved like after you beat the boss of the dungeon. So I thought that was really cool. And it also had like a replayability mode where you could like, you know, go to whatever chapter and play that chapter. Like they had like a reminiscent type mode, which I had never seen that before either. And I used to do that when I was a kid. I used to play through the whale level because that was the only level that I couldn't die on, you know. So yeah, I, I tried. I tried to die on that level. You can't. <laughs> well, there's no there's no actual like fighting in that. It's just you know it's just you going around trying to find the lighter to smoke you know to smoke the whale to make him sneeze. Well, so you go into the town and you're talking to people and you don't know what to do next they say someone came by looking for you and they're probably in the eastern sea so you have to know to go look for them that part of the map oh sure yeah yeah like dr j and well i think his uh what's his face um uncle steve dr j was supposed to be he's basically like indiana jones dr jones you know that's his that's his name I guess Mike's name, Mike Jones's name was chosen because it was like the, you know, two of the most common American names, Mike and Jones. And then they got the Dr. Jones thing out of it also, you know, from his, from his uncle. You search him a lot. There's a, you know, there's a Rob the Robot's pretty much in it. He's, he's in the sub. He's in the submarine. You get to talk to him. I know there's, there's, there's different references to, um, various things especially in the second one there's a, there's a lot more nintendo references but in this one i guess those uh, squid guys kind of look like the octorox from uh, zelda that you I see do. that you see in like the first first couple levels well in the bats too yeah the bats look, look like zelda bats also one thing i thought was interesting about the game like even when i was a kid was that in order to progress through the towns you have to you have to talk to everybody before you can talk to the main person did you notice that they get to talk to every single person in the town before you can go to the next part yeah i figured that out like uh, you get to certain people that would just say i don't know who you are you can't go past and then you talk to everybody and then, and then they you know you to, right yeah especially before you because every every town has like a main person that you talk to where it'll show like the different view of them and they're big in the screen you know and they'll you know and they'll talk but most of the time before you get to them you have to talk to everybody which i thought was interesting this game was developed by the nintendo rnt rnd3 team which uh who was responsible for for the punch out series as well the main director on it uh genyo takeda he uh, the last thing he did is he was uh well game wise he's still on the he still handles like technology and stuff like that like uh hardware stuff within the within the company but the last thing he was on was um punch out for Wii. he was credited as a supervisor on that but he but i know he worked on um punch out and super punch out for nintendo and super nintendo i understand why those are so hard and why this one's so hard yeah this game's really hard uh i do thank zoda for the uh save states oh yeah <laughs> yeah just wait till you fight wait till you fight zoda at the end of the first game i think he's pretty fucking difficult like i had a hard time beating him at the very very end and if and if you didn't have the save state when you die you have to like go all the way back to the beginning and fight the first part of zoda again because there's you fight Zoda and then you go through a part and then you fight another boss and then you have to, have to fight Zoda again. You have to like do that all over again if you die. 
you know, at Zoda. So thankfully there's, thankfully, thankfully there's a save state. I don't know how I, how I beat it on Wii, but somehow I did without save states. Yeah. The save states are crucial. And even with them, like you can mess up and accidentally save state at the wrong time. Yeah. I did. I did that a couple times where I, instead of like, cause you get into it and you try to like keep reloading it and then like you accidentally save one with you dying and it's like, fuck like I did that a couple times when I was trying to start it. Yep, and then you just keep reloading your safe state of you dying. Damn it. There are some uh there are some cool like secret stuff though where you can find ways to beat the beat the guys easier. Like the um like the octopus boss where you get the snowman item that freezes the water so you can freeze him and then just hit him until he dies. I think I mentioned that last time we played it, but that was That's what of- I used to beat him. That was my favorite. One of my favorite ones to do was was the second one because that one was easy too. Because you could just you could just freeze him when he comes up to where you can reach him, and then you just hit him, and then you freeze him again. So that's kind of a secret, like the snowman thing. It's like off the it's off the regular path, and there's a lot of stuff like that. There was a couple bosses that I couldn't get through where I looked online and I found that there were secrets like before you get to the boss that I was able to get, where you can get like extra extra weapons and more like potions, more more red potions. I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't had to deal with the boss for a while. The last boss I had to fight was the ghost boss. Oh, yeah. The ghost boss isn't that bad, I don't think. No, the ghost boss was easy. So you got to the part where Mike gets turned into Michelle, which I guess yeah. she doesn't actually change him. She just changes his appearance. I thought that I was I thought she he turned her turned him into a girl for a minute, but he just changes the appearance of him. So take that however you will, because I, I know he, he gets talked to and he and he like says something and they're like, oh, you, your voice sounds sounds too deep. And he's like, oh, I have a cold. But you get the um, I liked I like the weapons in that one a lot better than the first one. I guess uh, I just found this out today, but the the name uh, the, his weapon was originally called the Yo-Yo in the NES game. And they changed it for the virtual console because Yo-Yo is trademarked now by by Canada. I didn't, I didn't know that. So they changed it to Magical Star. It's the, it's the yo-yo now. I don't know if you noticed that when they gave it to you. They don't call it a yo-yo anymore. Yeah, the and then uh, when you get the upgrade, they call it the... Uh, I noticed you had a magic star, and then they give you an upgrade to that. Yeah, the, when, you're in the, when you're in the She-Cola area, you get the you get the maze, and then you get like a white a white star thing. I forget what they're called. They, they're all in the... Uh, on the digital manual on the Wii U, you can it shows you like what the weapons are called. But there's three different ones. The third one, like you know, covers the entirety of the screen, and it does. It's similar to Zelda, where like if you lose hearts, they don't go as far. Like the weapons don't go as far, which I thought was. They say kind you of need fun. six hearts for it to work. You need six for the one from Shikola, but the one from uh, the space one that you get, you need like ten hearts for that one to work. So it changes depending on what what weapon you have. Well, I'm definitely on my second row of hearts. I started my second row. Yeah, but you don't get the you don't get the um you don't get the the second the the third weapon until you find the first magical cube on the on the alien spaceship, which it kind of takes a turn out of nowhere for it. I always thought the alien thing kind of came out of nowhere, and it does. There's no real explanation of it. When you finally find your your uncle uh, the Uncle Jones, he's basically been researching this crashed meteor. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in an alien ship. And then the ship takes off and then you're in space at the very end. Well, at and least then, you find Dr. Jones. You do. But there also is this random, there's this random alien race called the Argonians that look like Hillians that you run into at the end too. Uh, spoilers, you know, for the game. It's like, the game's old, you know. It's like 30 years old. You should have played it by now. But, uh, yeah, like but yeah, these, uh, you run into these magic cubes in the, um, in the space, in the spaceship. And it turns out that they have children in them. <laughs> they have these like elf children that have been that have been prisoners, which actually become part of the second game. Also, like one of the one of the elf childrens, one of the elf children like make makes like this telepathic link with you and, and talks with you about the missions <coughs> and whatnot. And you have you end up having to find 
another one of them also in another block. But I always thought that part with the kids was like really just came out of nowhere. Like even when I played it as a kid, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, and here's these like elf kids that you found in this box. And I was like, what? I just didn't expect that to happen at all. Is that like in the fifth chapter? That's at the end. That's in the seventh chapter. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, because I'm on the sixth chapter. So you played, uh, you played the part with the parrot where you get to play the where you get to play the piano, right? I always thought that that part was really cool too. Because do me so far, do me. Yeah, do me so far, do me. <laughs> I, I thought that was nif- that was neat when I was a kid because I was you know I was like oh I know do re mi and then I was it's it's similar to like the part with Frog Fuchsius in uh, Super Mario RPG you know where you gotta like make the where you gotta make the the song but before that but I, I thought it was interesting like it was cool I figured out how to do it on my own you know there's no internet back then so I kind of just was like oh here's do and there's me and so far but if you if you hit like one wrong thing you gotta like leave and come back to get it to work. Like I noticed that this time while I was playing through it. But yeah, there's I think a lot. Well, cool they say that the parrot was Captain's parrot, so the parrot's really old. Yeah, the parrot's like seventy years old or something, or however I don't know when that Captain Bell, right? Whatever Captain Bell did. Yeah. This game was was aimed directly for American audiences, so so they have like you know all the Islanders say cola after everything. Mike's from Seattle, of course. <laughs> you know that's like the main American place to be from, I guess. And uh, you know the tropical setting and yo-yos and baseball. And, you know, a lot of the items that you find to use are like basic, you know, mostly American stuff. Like there's, you could throw baseballs, use baseball bats, slingshots, stuff like that. It's like a Tom Sawyer, but RPG. Sort of, yeah. The, uh, I mean, I, I, it's, it's fairly hard, but, but I think it's, I think you're able to play through it. The only thing that sucks in it is there's like some, there's some traps that are kind of unfair. Like when you go into a room and then you automatically die and there's no like warning that you're going to die in there. You know, like the levels that are like all water. The like white you, blocks. Yeah, and the, the white blocks, but there's also some parts. There's one in the very first level where you go there and it's just all water. It's just all water and skeletons in the water, and you'll just die automatically. Like, you don't hit anything. You just go straight into the water. Which you'd think with all the water around, he would have learned how to swim by now, but I guess not. But yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I definitely recommend that you, that you play through the rest of the game. I mean, if you can, you know, I think it's I think it's worth it. And I think the second one's worth it, too, to a point, just to get, just to get like, a, you know, a little bit of, Ninten- of uh, Nintendo history and just play an old game that I wish would have continued as a series. Like I always thought, uh, I always thought there should have been a three. You know, it'd be, it'd be nice to see like a new, you know, like a Star Tropics three for 3DS or Wii U or something like that or NX. It's it's too bad that they've like they don't even re- mention the game at all. Like there's not even like a trophy like even in Smash Brothers of Star Tropics. It's just become something that's been left. You know, I guess all it gets is Virtual Console, which is too bad. I think it really does have solid sense of progression as you play. It does. Uh, you get more powerful. You get more hearts, and it does feel like Zelda, the first Zelda, in that sense. Like you get well, more hearts, and you can deal with more damage. Yeah, you get power-ups, but I guess it's there's not really the sense of like not really knowing where to go next. Like I never really got lost in it. And I guess that's why I found it easier to get into Star Tropics than, than Zelda. It was because it was very much like level 1, level 2, level 3. It was very linear, but you know, at the age I was playing it, I was, I was fine with that. Where Zelda was more like, you know, you got to go here first and then you got to go there and you got to there's a lot more, you know, a lot more research needed to figure out which place to go to another and I guess that's why 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 I've found Star Tropics easier to play or at least easier to get into, you know, it got much more difficult later. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised. It holds up pretty well. It's a good puzzle game. Like there were a couple of levels where I had to use my brain a little bit. 
to be like, I can't keep walking in a circle. I have to get to the center level. There must be a hidden wall. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hidden walls and stuff like that in there. And I I think um, there's the one the yeah there's the one where you have to find that uh, the water that'll shoot you out of the mountain where you keep going in circles where that there's yep. like a there's like a secret wall that you have to get through. But yeah, there's there's stuff like that. Have you gotten to the point where like the, the where they have the dark levels where you have to find the light switches? I don't remember where that is or how far that is. Have you gotten any of that yet? Where you go into the level and you can't see anything? I think that's where I am now. Okay, because that gets a little more, a little trickier also. Because they do, um, you know, they have they have those tiles that go underwater, you know, and come back up and then go under the water again. Yeah. And there's a part, and probably in the part that you're at, where you go into this this dark place and you hear the sound of this tile going in and out of the water, but it's actually in another room. So they kind of do it to 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 scare you, but it's not actually there. But I, but I always, would always try to time it with the sound, but it's actually a couple rooms over, which I thought was cool. They kind of they kind of just put it in there to freak you out. You get to it later, but by the time you get to it, you've turned the lights back on. So or you have the ability to turn the lights on. So you can actually see it. But I thought that was a nice little scare there. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun for what it was. Had some interesting bosses in there. Some of them some of them easier than others. Some of them kind of felt somewhat unfair, but still still beatable. I definitely feel like even just the individual enemies, they're kind of a puzzle. You have to figure out like those uh school what are they like? School roosters. Would you like jump around the ponds, beat them? The ones that look like the ones that have skulls on them? The big ones? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you can, can kind of jump in a circle and hit them as they follow you. Yeah, you kind of like I, I feel like every enemy kind of has a has like a pattern and the pattern in the way that they in the way that they attack you and you kind of have to figure out the pattern to know that they're you know where they're going to be so they don't you know so you're able to hit them and they don't hit you in the you know like they take how away however many life from running into you and then in the first one you get a little bit of invincibility after you get hit they actually took that away in the second one so it makes so it makes it really fucking easy for for one guy to just run into you over and over and over again until you're dead which is really annoying but but at least in this one they didn't do that but yeah, no, it's definitely all, all the different characters. You have to kind of you have to kind of understand the way they go. And when and when you get specific, there's specific items that work for specific ones. Especially when you get to the when you get to the alien ship, there's specific items that you need to use to kill people for sure. Like there's like uh, certain guys that only can get killed by a certain blaster that you get but it's cool yeah everything kind of has its own puzzle like what we said before about uh we said it in our yoshi at yoshi's island episode when we talked about bosses that are killed you know can get killed by the environment they have one like that that fire boss where you drop it into the water i thought that one was pretty cool where like you don't actually hit it but you just use the switches to to make it go underwater i think it's like the third or yeah. fourth level that's a hard boss it is a, it is a hard boss like that one i had to save state to just to make sure that I had that red, just to make sure I had that red potion, so I could, because uh, it's really hard to dodge the the, the dodge the fireballs in that. Yeah, especially when you're like right up next to it. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's fun. Do you think uh, do you think we have enough on the first one? I want to talk a little bit about the second one. I mean, I have talked to it, talked about it a little bit, but we can talk some more. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about the about Star Tropics one? Did you mention the uh, the note? I did mention the note. Yeah, supposedly, yeah, uh, apparently that uh, I mean. I mean, there's no real, there's not no real like hard evidence to this, but the the rumor is that the the note was put in there in order to defeat uh, Reynolds because they wanted they wanted people to actually buy the game, and if you didn't, you know, if you didn't buy the game, if you ended up getting it used or you rented it from a uh, rental place that didn't come with the note, or they gave you like gave you like a copied version of the note, you could you would get stuck like in the middle of the game and you wouldn't be able to progress anymore. And back in 1990, when nobody really had internet, there was no way to find that code. 
aside from like calling Nintendo Power or something like that, where they charge you like, you know, $2 a minute. So I thought that was really interesting, like as far as like, you know, what they did in their own way to kind of fight the rental stores or actually get people to buy the game new. I think that's part of it. Supposedly, that's why they made it harder, too, so you couldn't like go through it as quick from from, from renting it. I heard that was a thing where they made they made uh, Nintendo games harder in America because of that. Well, these are like the late releases when the Super Nintendo had already come out. Well, the Star Trek 2 was. Star Trek 1 was. Was the NES wasn't out yet in 90 or was it? Or no, Super Nintendo wasn't out yet. You're right. That was, that was not 91, right? Yeah. So it was like, it was late, you know, late enough, but not, uh, not late enough to when the Super Nintendo was out. So the Star, Star Tropics was still, was still fairly, you know, fairly feasible. And Nintendo, what is it? Nintendo Power Volume 21 did like a full feature on it. So that was how I got into it. Had a full cover with the parrot on the front and everything with all the, with all the islands and, and whatnot. Yeah, I like the parrot. parrot. Yeah. <laughs> we had to, he had to find the worm to give to him. a sequel to Star Tropics, not even titled Star Tropics 2. It, it was Star Tropics 2 was a subtitle on it. It was called Zoda's Revenge, which I think might have kind of screwed them over in its own way, just because if you hadn't played Star Tropics 1, you didn't even really know who Zoda was. So I think that might have confused some people. Plus, it came out when the Super Nintendo was out, like we said before, during the times of when, like, yeah, when, like, Final Fantasy, like, Donkey Kong, Super Metroid... Ken Griffey Jr. It was all out then. <laughs> there was you no know, reason to go back to the NES. I remember even mentioning uh, Zoda's Revenge to like one of my one of my good friends that I played through the first one with, and he didn't even know what it was. I was like, "Have you seen Zoda's Revenge?" And he's like, "I don't know," because he had a Genesis and he was playing Genesis by then. The NES we had we had passed passed on from the NES when it came out. But I was I was excited when it came when they re released it on Virtual Console on the Wii because I had never got to play it before. But it controls a lot lot different than the other one. Like it it feels you could say that it's floatier. Like it's a lot floatier, especially in the jumping, because you can move in the air now. Would you say it's still like uh, pretty linear as far as like one level to the next? Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's a little more. I mean, it's a little bit more linear than Star Tropics One because there's less hearts for you to find. I mean, they are still there, but you can you find those, and there's also some there's like a psychic power that you get as well that Merlin has gives you because he appears to you as different animal forms in the game. And this one's also based around uh, time travel instead of like islands. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. You go to, you go to different areas. You even go seek out like some fictional characters. Like you meet like Sherlock Holmes, and you go to like Transylvania also and fight like mummies and Frankenstein's monster and that type of thing. Yeah, I've fought mummies so far. There's mummies and there's mummies in the first one as well, but there's a whole area dedicated to that in this one. Pretty much all of the characters on the second one are redone. You know, they they're like different sprites. Except for the bats. The bats look exactly the same in both games. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> they, they use the same sprite for both of them. Like, they redid the snakes, they redid the mummies, like, pretty much all the other ones. Like, the rats they redid, but the, but the bats, same sprite. I don't know why. I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, and the snakes are a lot like uh, Zelda as well, because they, like, dash at you. Yeah, they do the, they do the dashes. In uh, A Link to the Past, they did that. I, I remember 
It was a link to the past where they did that, right? Where they ran it, where they dashed at you, and I remember that as being part of Star Tropics. Yeah, there's a there's a two type of snakes. There's the ones that just uh, barrage you, and then there's the snakes that like move in a spiral around the room. They remind me of the snakes in uh, level two of the first Zelda. Because when I played, because I didn't play the first Zelda game I played was a link was a link to the past, and the ones that I saw in there reminded me of Star Tropics snakes. But yeah, they. They're definitely they're definitely inspired by the original Zelda. Yeah, the bass and the snakes are pretty much identical. Yeah, except for the snakes, and the snakes become giant cobras in the second game that are like that are like way taller than you. And all and there's like different levels in the second one where you can jump to like you know higher levels on it. But the tall snakes will sometimes still hit you when you're on a smaller level just because of weird hit detection of it, which is kind of annoying. But I liked in the second one you use a the Oxford Wonderworld encyclopedia that's basically what it is as a as a play on like webster's or whatever and whenever you what you chant to go back in time is uh pa 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 mm, pa pa mau mau <laughs> it's, it's your uh is your magical sentence which is pretty much like so, pa pa um mau mau and he says yeah and he says like uh you know he says like this is radical and there's like uh references to the turtles in there like when you go to uh because you, you meet leonardo da vinci in there also at one point you go to italy and one of the people in the town says like I have a map of all the artists. You can meet Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael. And then she's like, oh, I'm out of maps. But yeah, she goes through the turtles' names and all that. And you're also looking for Tetris pieces, which are called Tetrads in the second one. And the guy who helps you put them together at the very end of the game, he's like the chief from the first level of the first game. He says that his middle name is Tetris. So there's more. There's all sorts of uh, of more references in there. You also run into a Koopa in the desert. You're like riding a camel and you run into a guy riding a Koopa. So they've added, added more Nintendo stuff in it. It's a shame that it, it's a shame that it came out so late because I I think it's a good game in itself. It's just you know nobody really saw it, and I think that's part of the reason why the why the series was kind of shut down after that was because you know nobody really cared about Star Tropics, I guess. But it'd be but it'd be interesting thing to bring back. I mean, I know that I know that Gen, the Genue uh, Takeda doesn't really do games anymore, and then that might be part of it. But I don't know. It'd be it'd be a nice like new old IP for them to do if they could just do like a. You know, like a third person, you know, Star Tropics, or even if they made a, you know, or even if they did like a cool remake of it or something, I'd totally play it. Yeah, I think it'd probably be a remake. Yeah, and in, uh, in Star Tropics too, they also added an eight directional movement, which made it a lot easier to destroy the guys. Like you can actually attack diagonally now in that one, so it kind of, you know, makes it a little bit easier. Like, could you imagine like playing the first one and being able to attack at a, at a diagonal where you're not actually in the way of where they're going, and it really helps. You know, you're actually not in their path. <clears throat> Are the puzzles still like a grid base? Uh, I mean, there's levels now. Like now, you, now there's like a second and a third level, so you can go higher up in in, uh, in rooms. And there's also like flying characters that you have to jump to hit. So it's not really grid based like the other one. It's a little. It's, it feels a little bit different. The 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 weapons are a lot different too. Like I liked I liked the way the yo yo and like the mace and the white star or whatever. I like the way they worked because it's like well they're all attached to strings, so that explains like one can, why one can only go so far, you know, and has to come back. Like I thought that made sense as a kid when I was playing it. I was like oh well the yo yo can only go one in front of you, so that's why it does that. But this one you get like throwing daggers. You get like throwing daggers and like a hatchet and stuff like that, and that only goes so far. But they don't explain why it only goes so far. Like, I kind of liked, like, how the other one, it's like, oh, well, this one's on a rope, so you'd have to get a longer one to go all the way to the other side of the room. It just made sense to me when I, when I was younger. And the second one's, the weapons don't make as much sense, because it's like you're just throwing knives at people. It's like, yeah, it's not as it's not as cool as the yo-yo, I guess, or it doesn't make as much sense to me. But you get, like, a psychic, you get, like, a psychic beam thing that you can do as well, which, I don't know. 
which, which will go all the way across the room eventually. But it just didn't. It just didn't have. I didn't feel like the weapons were as creative as they were in the first one. I have to agree with you totally. There's also the. Um, I guess uh, the first one got somewhat criticized for its uh, writing, so they actually hired American uh, screenwriters to work on this one, this, and they actually flew them out to uh, out to Japan to write the second one. So I thought that was interesting. One of the guys' name was Sin was Sinfeld. <laughs> I mean, I think this was. I, I mean, I don't think that had anything to do with Seinfeld, but I thought it was funny that one of the one of the main writers from America was called Sinfeld. But yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame that it didn't sell very well. Like I said, it was weirdly, weirdly advertised. Came out after the Super Nintendo had already launched, and nobody really cared about it. But it's fun, and it's totally worth it. It's on. It's on Wii U. I suggest that you pick it up if you can. You know, I, I, and definitely play through it whenever you get done with the first one. It's. Uh, well, I, have, I do have Zodas on my virtual console. You do, and you all, yeah, and you get to you get to fight Zoda multiple times in this one instead of just once. So if you enjoy him the first time, you get to fight him more times this time. Actually, the last time I played it, that was when I got stuck, was fighting Zoda in Transylvania. But thankfully, I beat him this time. Actually, no, I think you fight him in Italy. But I got stuck in Transylvania for whatever reason. I think there's a weird boss there. But yeah, is that uh, is you think we covered Star Tropics? There's not a, there's not a whole lot to um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to get into really. I guess there's not really much. I couldn't find any development interviews about it really. You know, it's all kind of hearsay about them trying to corner the American market. But it's it's an interesting you know it's interesting that they did, and I wish they would make another one. I mean, I said that before, but I don't think I can say it enough. I mean. Maybe someday they'll look back on it or at least put it as a trophy somewhere. Whenever they did that Smash Brothers vote thing, I wish I would have voted for Mike Jones instead of, like, characters from the Wizard movie. You know, I mostly just did, like, throwaway ones, but I should have voted for Mike Jones for it. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to see him again. But in the meantime, you can play it on Virtual Console. So uh, I think we I think we covered as much as we could, right? We have been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson, and I'm and this has been episode 27, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you.